0: Hello, and thanks for joining us. This is Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef, cook,
1: rose whisperer, journalist. And this is Louis Victor, still sick. A chef too, a cook, professional food photographer, and a person about town. You are a person about town. Yeah.
0: You wanderer.
1: Oh, my God. Globetrotter. Well, I'm
0: back. And as you know, we're here to build a greater sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant people and food lovers everywhere. Let's start with this podcast's sharp quote. Louis.
1: Agriculture is the most healthful, most useful and most noble employment of men george washington
0: our first president yeah louie louie how does your garden grow it's good (laughs) in this pod we're talking about growing veggies in vegas who knew
1: what the hell (laughs) i thought vegas was like mars
0: yeah, I thought it was just like cacti when I moved here. I know, it
1: hadn't... was so sad. There was just nothing but tumbleweeds.
0: Yeah, and you lived in California, too, so yeah. you know what I was coming from. Oh, my
1: God. I and then heard... in the
0: Philippines, I'm sure yeah. for you.
1: Exactly. The Philippines is like Florida.
0: Okay, so you got great humidity, <laughs> you know? moisture. Yeah, it's it's not here. Yeah, (laughs) we love Las Vegas for a lot of reasons. We love the desert for a lot of reasons. But it's certainly a challenge to grow your own food and grow your own flowers and have a beautiful garden. But we've seen them out here. And, uh, you know, we're not experts. I mean, I'm a lover of gardening. I wish I was an expert. So we're bringing some experts in. We have Vanessa Portillo from Garden Farms, Executive Director of the Garden Farms Foundation, and Jennifer Kikita, the Outreach Coordinator here. Hi, girls. How are you? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. So we're so excited about trying to go greener because I'm kind of like a, a little bit of a nerd in general. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say a little. I'm a lot of a nerd. So I love learning about things that are new, and I just started gardening not that long ago. So I'm super excited about this, and I'm nerding out. So tell us first just a little bit about Garden Farms Nevada and, and what it is and what you guys do.
2: Yeah, so um, Garden Farms of Nevada started in 2010, um, and it's uh, started by Brian and Brittany Valinga. So they are really amazing farmers they had a beautiful backyard garden and um, they were just growing successfully and their friends were like hey you can grow in las vegas can you teach me how to do that and so they're like yeah for sure so they started building gardens in their friends backyards and showing them how to grow and then they're like wow we can actually this is a great business model um we can do something with this so they started Garden Farms of Nevada, um, and then shortly after, it was about one year later, they built their very first school garden, um, and so it. they just really loved just the whole foundation of teaching people how to grow, teaching kids how to grow, and it just evolved into where we are today, and since then, we've built uh, just under 200 school gardens in the city and about 500 residential gardens um we do cooperative gardens you know at senior centers and boys and girls clubs veterans villages so we're just kind of all over and it's it's a movement that's literally growing you <laughs> yeah. know yeah. oh
1: my god I'm
0: always pun intended
2: very intended <laughs>
0: Um, we actually know a few people that we're close to that have your garden. So one of them oh, is Elizabeth amazing. Blau. Oh, yeah. Restauranteur. She puts it on her Instagram. Yeah. And she I, just, like, every day takes I pictures can, of it. I see her
1: produce. I work with Elizabeth Blau. And I'm like, i see seeing her produce. I'm like, how do you have the time, Elizabeth Right. Blau?
0: Yeah. It looks great. Um, and then I actually have some good friends, too, that, that live in Summerlin. And they live, you know, like, in Red Rock Country Club. And, oh. you know, they also came from California or, Mm -hmm. you know, places like that, Wisconsin, and they couldn't believe, you know, they learned through you guys that they could actually have a vegetable garden. And what's interesting about it is, you know, um, their children who don't tend to like vegetables or that type of thing, you know, as opposed to meat um, or, you know, processed foods, they love their vegetables Mm -hmm. now because Mm -hmm. they're participating in growing
3: them. Is that something that you find when you hear, you talk to people, Jennifer? Oh, Definitely. There's, it's really amazing how much you can grow here in the desert, and people don't realize that until you actually see it firsthand. Um, but our mission is to make sure that people learn how to grow their own food. So if you have a garden in your backyard, you're able to grow your own produce, and the farmer comes weekly or biweekly and assists and educates you. I love that part it. of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a piece that is very unique, mm-hmm. and especially to Las Vegas, that you have this expert that comes to your house and, you know, works alongside you and teaches you how to grow your own food. Yeah, and Vanessa,
0: are there any surprising things that you can grow here?
3: Because I I
0: got surprised a lot of times when I would, you know, see something and I'd try to grow it. I'd either have luck or not have luck. But then when I'd have luck, I'd be like, oh, basil grows really well here. Yeah. You know, just... <laughs> but what are some surprises for Las Vegans that they might think, wow, I can't believe I can grow
2: that here? Um, I, I guess, honestly, it's, it's all of it. I mean, people are like... There's mostly... We can mostly grow everything here. There's just a really? few things that we cannot grow. Okay. Um you know like blueberries for example but i mean people are like you can grow peaches here no way you can grow you know okra here which okra is like one of the crops yeah (laughs) yeah, it does really well in the summer here and that's you know one thing too that's surprising because people are like oh well you know it's the summer you can't grow anything here and you know, it's all about timing. It's all about knowing right. when to plant the crops. But for example, uh, okra in the summertime, it thrives in the heat here. Wow. And it's like so prolific and it's so beautiful too. It has a flower that resembles a hibiscus flower. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful. So I think that just in general, I mean, most of the produce that we grow here is surprising to people. Right. I think just growing in general, outside of succulents (laughs) and cacti, it can be kind of
0: surprising to Google. (laughs) Um, So we hear it all the time in our restaurants, people who want organic, they want farm-to-table, food sourced regionally. And are you noticing a generational trend toward cultivating Your own food or one's own food.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know we we really are seeing uh, a lot of people shift their focus on, you know, supporting local, whether it is um, eating local or shopping local, um, and just you know looking for local produce in the stores even. Um, And so you know when people when we set up at farmers markets, um, we do the artisan alley and we do the market in the alley downtown and. I feel like people are really interested when they find out, first of all, that it's grown here. And then through that, oh, I can do that myself. And, right. oh, I have this, you know, even if I, I just have a little patio, but I grow in buckets or, you know, it's like it that empowering feeling of being able to grow your own is, is really enticing to people. and. I, I think that this this is something that um, people are really getting into, um, you know, even like the aeroponics towers and, you know, growing kind of like up, the upside down in the baskets, that kind of thing is, is just really interesting to people. And I mean, I think that even just the notion of growing, you know, the whole cannabis industry here is is becoming very big, and I think that people are just, like, interested in just growing all around, you yeah. know, whatever it is. Right? Yeah, for sure. You know? And, so. I mean,
0: <laughs> we talk... A lot of chefs, the, the a lot of famous chefs, talk about seasonality, regionality, mm-hmm. when it comes to doing our menus. And, you know, unfortunately... And, but I think it's changing. It, a lot of the time, this happens at the, the nicer, more expensive-type restaurants. But I feel like nowadays, there are more you know, uh, fast casual type restaurants that are trying to adopt the same philosophies, although it is harder for them because it's sometimes many times more expensive for them to right. get organic stuff or, you know, regional, regional stuff, that kind of thing. So this is sort of the solution. And that is having your own little chef garden. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, I guess what are some, cause it can be daunting. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not something you grew up with or understand very well, yeah. if you're from a different area, you know, all kinds of things. And a lot of people are from a different area here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, except you, I read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're She's from an Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people are. And so they're trying to adapt to a different setting and a, and a different environment. Yeah. So what are some kind of... <laughs> no brainers like you know kind of you know vegetation for dummies <laughs> type yeah. of things that you know we can start out with that are yep. easy and don't take a lot of time yeah like maybe you work 60 hours a week and you don't have time to every day do something And you know, I'm like what are some things that are just you
2: know easier yeah and simpler so I think that um what's really easy is to you know things that you can grow in a pot um you know you can always just grab a couple of buckets Um, and just start with herbs. Herbs are really nice because you can grow a lot of them. You can grow even indoors in a Mm -hmm. sunny window. Um, but just herbs, um, and then moving towards like leafy greens are really nice. Like Swiss chard, for example, is really beautiful, um, And it's one of the only, if not the only green that you can actually grow year-round here. Uh Um, And it's just so beautiful with its um, stalks, you know, that they're white or yellow or orange or red. Yeah, the rainbow chard. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's it's just beautiful. And I think that with a crop like Swiss chard... Or okra, okra. <laughs> going back to that is okra. you know once you once you grow them, uh, those are kind of the crops that you know people see at the market and they're like, oh wow, that's so beautiful and lovely, yeah. But I don't know what to do with it, so right. I'm not gonna you know. But if you're growing something, and just like you were saying earlier with the kids, and you know once you see it, the process of it's growing, you're you're gonna be excited to try it, yeah. and you're gonna look into ways that you can incorporate it into your meals and and get creative with it. Um, I have three okra plants in my backyard two green and one red and it's they're so prolific and i've just been incorporating them into all my meals and i'm like okay how else can i eat okra it's
1: gumbo time (laughs) yeah exactly
2: (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah so if you grow it you're gonna try it um but yeah i would definitely start with you know herbs um swiss chard like i said garlic it's really easy to grow um you could just grab your cloves of garlic one clove will turn into a ahead um really? so if you have any you no know even way. like how is that like, done trees. so share with us <laughs> so you grab a, so i actually have some garlic here oh oh my so, god so, I love so, so you can just make sure that you're buying organic garlic right. at the store but you know you're just gonna rip a clove off and you know you can see at the very bottom you know this rough side here yeah that's where all the roots grow from and then this pointy part on the top this is where the leaf grows from so you want to plant it into the ground this way so the leaf side is up root side down and you're going to plant it um you know you're just going to make sure that you make a hole and this goes for seeds in general you make a hole just slightly bigger than the seed itself or in this case than the clove itself Mm -hmm. Um, so you're going to make a hole about you know an inch or so deep cover it up and soon enough doot it'll just this little leaf will come up and it looks like it's it's just like a green onion oh yeah um where but instead the green onions are usually round and like hollow in the center the garlic chive will be flat um and you can use it just like green onions as well so you can use these as garlic chives Mm -hmm. so you can cut the leaves cut them up put them into your cooking and they're so tasty so is this in a pot then? You can grow this in a pot, absolutely. Or yep. in the
0: ground or both?
2: Yep, or both, yep. But okay. this would grow well in a pot. Um okay. You know, and it, it's a great companion, too, to your leafy greens. So you can get a, a nice five-gallon pot and um, grow some Swiss chard in the center and then put some cloves around the edges um, and just... Wow. Eat away.
0: (laughs) Yes. So while you're on that, it's interesting that you say that, you know, you're kind of talking about it like it's ornamental as well as useful, obviously. Um, And what I had read a little bit in your biography, I thought it was interesting. And it's something they do a lot in Berkeley, where I'm from. I'm from the Bay Area, the East Bay. Um, They've replaced uh, grass and, you Mm -hmm. know, shrubs that you don't necessarily use for useful fruit, vegetable, that type of thing. Uh, tell us about how that works and and why it's a great thing to do, especially in a place where, you know, we have drought issues and all kinds of things.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's edible landscaping, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, if you're going to be using the water anyway, might as well, you know, put it towards something that's both beautiful and edible. Um, a lot of our plants that we can put into our landscaping areas, um, are still beautiful. Um, so like artichoke, for example, artichoke gets huge. It takes about, it gets it like three feet in diameter. Um, so it's like a huge, beautiful plant. Um, and it's, Artichokes are delicious, and they're expensive. Yeah. 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 And so you can pop those into your landscaping area, have mm-hmm. cool, they're kind of like dinosaur-y looking plants. They're cool. really, and the really neat. Are gorgeous. And flowers Yeah, and the flowers are super gorgeous. They're like thistles. Um, purple. And with the purple leaves, exactly. Ooh. So, um, You know, just kind of like making a switch. And once you have that return, um, you know, it's just like, why would you go back? And obviously they would require a lot less water than a
0: lush garden. I mean, a lush, uh, sorry, grass area, which.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And actually through um, the Southern Nevada Water Authority, um, they have a rebate program where if you remove your grass and replace it with um, other landscaping, um, they will give you if you for removing grass, they'll give you $3 per square foot of area that you take out and you have to basically put back enough, um, plants that will produce a shade coverage of half of the amount of space you took out, which sounds like a lot, but it's not. So say, you know, if you put one Palo Verde tree in that covers, it's like a hundred square feet of shade or something like that. So you could take out 200 square feet of grass, put one Palo Verde tree and you're saving so much water. And mm-hmm. now you have a beautiful tree, and yeah. now you don't have a wasteful lawn.
0: And there's so much payback in that. Yeah. I mean, if there's it's totally agree ridiculous amount of payback. Mm-hmm, you're yeah. going green. Yeah. You're doing something for the environment. It's yep. a lofty cause. Yeah, You're doing something for your wallet because you're saving money on yep. resources, which goes back again to the environment, which is resources are... You know, not as easy to come by, especially yeah. water in the desert. And I mean, you have something that's
2: beautiful and and yeah. fun too, maybe for your yep. family to learn how to do exactly. Or even a fig tree. Fig trees are so yeah. beautiful, and they do so well here, and they're so delicious if you haven't yeah. had a fresh fig. It's yeah, like, the fig oh, salad. So I love fig
0: salads. Yeah. Figs
2: of Las
1: Vegas. It's awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. are you
0: <laughs> are you guys kind of pumped that more and more people are interested in sustainable regional food and yes. like? interested in
2: gardening and where food comes from? Absolutely. Um, and I think it's really cool that, you know, when you're eating local and you're shopping local, supporting local produce, it, it's all this, you know, it's th- this cycle of understanding, um, you know, the seasons in general. So it's like um, when you grow your own food, you get that benefit of understanding you know, the season of tomatoes, the season of watermelon, why watermelon is so expensive in December, Right. you know, Mm. and it's just like a seasonal menu is based on when those crops are ready. And that's the whole point. And I think people don't really understand that unless they grow their own food. You know, people come to farmer's markets in January and they're looking for tomatoes, for example, and it's just (laughs) like, well, they're not here because it's not what we're growing. Sure, you can find them in the store, but does it mean that... I mean, if you're finding them in the store, that means they're getting trekked from thousands of miles right. away, you know, right. and it's it's really important to understand that and appreciate that when you're, you know, shopping local. And also, I mean, on that point is, you know, creating seasonally based menus um, is more price efficient as well, because, right. mm-hmm. you you know, what is available in in mass um, quantities is going to be cheaper, you know, so it's like you're gonna pay more money for the longer distance of travel right. and the the longer it take you know to get there. Um, so if you go to the store in the winter time, you're gonna find that broccoli is cheaper, that cabbage is cheaper, um, because that's what's great time prolific. for kale. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, Louie and I, uh, we know that through
0: restaurants and culinary school that when it's in season. It just tastes better. Yeah, like, yeah you know, exactly. Everything no, that goes better, into it.
1: But, you know, it's cheaper because uh, yeah. a lot of economics, like, well, it's it's supply great, and demand. Cost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little
0: bit about the kids more because I am so interested in what you guys do with schools, local schools. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, Jennifer.
3: So we go to many, many schools. We have a farmer that goes out uh, weekly or biweekly. And meets with the students and kind of teaches them what's going on in the garden at that time. So there's a lesson that the students will learn with the farmer, but maybe the lesson is thinning carrots. Like why why do we thin carrots? We have to do it today. This is the time to do it. Um, but what's the purpose? Why are we thinning carrots? Um, and then the students have that hands-on experience. And you know we all know that. Kids spend a lot of time on technology these days, and they right. sit a lot. Yeah. So the fact that they're in the garden, and they're getting their hands dirty... Um, As opposed to a gardening app. Right, exactly. Right. Look what I grew on my app. Plants versus zombies? <laughs> what the hell? So they're able to actually be in the garden. Right. And it is really interesting. Um, I helped run a garden club at my children's school, in the school that I used to teach at. And they they would go nuts for like radishes wow like babe, you would never you, think can it, we yeah. harvest a radish and i'm like can you go home and tell your parents that you just begged me for a radish you yeah. can grow these at your house <laughs> right. you have the skills you have the knowledge you can do it now and radishes are great because they grow very quickly Interesting. so like 30 to 40 days you can have radishes mm. and mm. they're delicious
1: what about beets Beets are great.
3: Beets do grow really well. well yeah. They take, the they take longer, but they, they do grow really well here. Cool. Um, so the students will go out with the farmer. They'll, they'll have the lesson. And then a lot of schools also have garden clubs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the garden clubs, typically you have the students that are just really interested in growing and gardening, and it's either before or after school. Um, sometimes we send a farmer out that to go to the garden club, but typically it's run by a teacher or somebody in the school that's you know, really interested and invested in that program. Um, So we offer twice a year farmers markets that are offsite and our next one is november 21st actually Ooh, at the summerland library november 21st
0: the
3: summerland from 11 library. to 1 Awesome. we'll <laughs> and definitely we'll have 12 schools and three community gardens that will be participating in I the farmers that. market so the students will be there they'll set up their gar- their table with their produce that they've grown And, you know, they learn marketing strategies and business plans and, Mm -hmm. you know, they make signs and table decorations. Um, They'll also make different uh, produce related items. So they may make, you know, some kind of bath salts or, you know, something that they use the dried herbs or something in their garden to sell in addition to their produce and everything goes back into their farmer's market, or it goes back into their garden program. So whatever money they, they make during the farmer's market will help sustain their garden. So this kind of goes back, Louie,
0: to a conversation I had with my husband, Mitch, recently um. about when you're in school and you learn all this stuff that you never use. <laughs> and then you're just, you know, I, I don't even know what this discussion was about. It might have been about finances. Or algebra. And we were kind of like... How not anybody teach you how to do just basic tax forms and yeah, like right. and grow a vegetable? Yeah. you know what I mean? Or take care of a plant, um cook a basic meal? Like yeah. these are things that they had decades ago in schools uh-huh. and required them. And then we kind of somehow, I mean, we thought that technology and other things were so much better. And, you know, they're both important. Equally right. important, at least, it, yeah. at least, mm-hmm. if not, it's more important to be able to do have life skills as you yes, graduate. Right. <laughs> at 18 years old, you should know how to cook an egg. That's yeah. all, that always bugs us. Like we should Jess, do a life like, skills Really, class. you can boil something. Like yeah. You know, it's not that hard. Learn it. Just, you know, I'm not asking you to make a souffle, but just, you know, you don't have to do top ramen. Right. And lean cuisines every mm-hmm. day of your life, every mm-hmm. meal. Yeah, you know? You'd be
1: surprised. Like, people, yeah. People can still mess up. Boiled water or eggs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag oh.
1: kitchen fails.
0: Right. Look that up on Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this goes back to that where it's, I love this part, this facet of it mm-hmm. where, you know, and I'm sure you know as an educator, those programs and things like that where you're actually physically doing something you remember that stuff oh yeah mm-hmm. more than other stuff i mean i remember there was like a story called stone soup oh yes that you read in kindergarten or first grade mm-hmm. and everybody brought vegetables yes. which isn't even as cool as what you guys are doing but you brought like the celery or whatever and you put it together and for some reason i remember that being as super delicious mm-hmm. and it might not have been it was just one of those things where it was exciting to me because i got to
3: hands-on right physically
0: yes. do something and it mm-hmm. creates
3: community and yes that's really you know a big part of our mission is to build community you know around yes. growing food and sustainability but in las vegas there's this misconception that there's no community here in las vegas but there's actually wonderful community in las vegas right that is very true to it
0: Yeah, we've been kind of learning that the hard way in the last year or (laughs) two, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That, oh my gosh, there's all these people out there that care about each other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can we take that a step further and do that in a time when we're positive as opposed to just during tragedies? Mm -hmm. Can we come together in ways like this? And it sounds, you know hugely philosophical and but it's not it's actually pretty simple Mm -hmm. it's a simple way of getting together and doing something good for everyone it doesn't involve politics and it doesn't (laughs) involve religion it doesn't involve any of the controversial topics right because honestly anybody can grow a garden like it's not you know liberal or conservative
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) it's it gets you into like how we can all you know do something positive together Mm -hmm. So, okay, we need some tips, <laughs> Vanessa. So um, so I attempted veggies, but it was in the summer. So I'm pretty sure, But I, okay, this is what I thought. I thought if they're selling these vegetables, then how can they not work here during the summer? Right. Like, why are they selling them in the summer, you know? Right. So um, I found that they just, I couldn't keep them with enough moisture. I just couldn't do it. They would just keep drying out. And even if I put them in, like, in a shady area, they just didn't work. So am I possibly using the wrong vegetables or am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, what can I do to kind of increase my chances of having a vegetable garden of my dreams? Success.
2: (laughs) the thing to consider, too, is that, you know, by the time you see the produce available, um, it has been growing, you know, for for three months or so. Mm. So you're not necessarily planting what you see. Um, Mm. You're planting ahead, you know. So basically, you know, you're, when we talk about, summer crops or winter crops we're talking about when we're harvesting them right so um you know (laughs) 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 it's so simple it's so simple um, so a good a good rule
0: of um, mind-blown emoji
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, A good rule of thumb is, you know, for for your summer crops, you know, you're going to be putting them in like like our tomatoes, for example. Um, You're going to be putting those in in like February or March at the latest. Um, And then what happens with tomatoes, tomatoes are a little tricky and people give up on tomatoes very easily because once the nighttime temperatures hit 90, um, they basically shut down. And But they will survive through the summer. You just tend to them, just keep them alive, and then they'll start producing again in the fall. Mm. So all the tomatoes that people give up on in the summertime, they end up ripping them out. And, right. oh, these tomatoes only produce two tomatoes this whole season. That's what happened to me. Yeah, and, exa- <laughs> and then you get mad. But just keep them in, I promise. Now... All the green tomatoes are forming. They're they're coming back. They're pushing out. Their mm. green I gotta tomatoes. go check
1: my mom's tomato plant.
2: <laughs> she, she's got
1: one very prolific Roma tomato plant. She it survived the summer. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Oh, she, yeah. She was like, oh, look at all these. I got There's, <laughs> my there's so
0: much satisfaction in seeing a yeah. yeah. tomato it pop up. It out. wasn't
1: enough to make spaghetti sauce with, right. but <laughs> it still it was a lot. I was like, whoa. But you could have
0: like a tapas-style caprese salad. Something like mm. that. Mm. You can use my yeah. basil. Right? <laughs> there you awesome. Go.
1: We should come together. See, community.
2: And <laughs> <go> get <laughs> our vegan cheese from No Butcher. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, cherry uh, tomatoes are a good one to start with. Okay. Um, ah, so they're cherry easier. Cherry tomatoes. Yep, yeah. Exactly especially if you're going in a small space, okay. Um, they're like the most like fail proof type of tomato. Your larger tomatoes are going to take more time, you know, more like a beefsteak. Exactly. That's a lot of time that it needs to grow to ripen up all that time. You're worried about hornworms or, you know, pests coming. And so stick with the cherries. They're really yellow pears are amazing. Those are my favorite. Um, Ooh, yep, they're, they're so, so sweet and they're like the soldiers of the tomatoes. They they're, they'll hmm. go on all year if you take care of them right. Um They'll, Can these they'll be, be pumping out. Hmm? Can these be indoors? Uh, generally, tomatoes they they like a lot of sunshine okay. and um, they yeah indoors if you have lights. If you if you're like growing like hydroponically or the inside. Gotcha. But if not, then outside. So. Speaking of throwing things
0: away because you're, you know, frustrated, (laughs) what are some common mistakes that people make here in the desert?
2: So I would say, um, common mistakes are, um, just watering at the wrong time or, or overhead watering because they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's so dry and hot. Um, the best thing to do is, so you want to think about your plants, uh, like a pet. So you can put them, you know, you should put them on a watering schedule, Right. So it's like you feed your dog, you know, in the morning and at night or whatever. I don't have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) What if I did? (laughs) Um, And so you're like, okay, so then I'm going to give my plant as well. I'm going to water it every day at, you know, 730 and then maybe give it a little Snack, you know <laughs> at 4 pm, you know Snack. and you know depending on the season, of yeah. course, you know summertime you want to be watering them every day, Fall you want to cut back to maybe three days a week, winter once a week. Basically the same as the um, the water district tells you to do with your landscaping oh, plants. interesting. Okay. Um, Does but, that
0: work, really? Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, generally. Um, Even if
0: it fills, because I always get freaked out when it's dry on the <laughs> top, and I'm like, oh, it's dry on the top. Yeah. Or, like, what
2: is it? Yeah. Well, you want to, you know, kind of, like, poke your finger in there oh, and kind of sure. see how deep that dryness goes. Okay. Um, but the best thing to do is, you know, because you want it on, like, a consistent time schedule, you want the best thing to do is get it on a irrigation system. So you can even just buy a, like a hose bib timer from the nursery or from the hardware store and just put that on, program it, you know, and then just set up a topsoil irrigation. So those sprayers, when you see uh, people like spraying their plants, um, what happens is when you overhead water um, or even with the hose itself, when the leaves are wet, They attract the light, and you can actually burn the leaves by overhead watering if you're watering at the wrong time. So people are like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm watering with the hose. I'm, you know, giving it good water, but the leaves are still drying. Well, they're not actually drying. They're burning. Um, So being able to, and all out of that water, too, it evaporates. And it's so, it's very wasteful, especially in the desert. You know, that water evaporates quickly. So is it
0: better to have, a a, like, a watering yep so
2: if you are gonna do uh by hand get a watering can you know measure it out so you're feeding it the same amount too it's just like a pet you know back to that you're not gonna do two gallons one day and then a cup the next day because that's what creates uh, those fluctuations can stress a plant out so i'm like okay i have an empty yogurt container you know and every day every morning i'm gonna give it one You know, container full of water, boom, every day or every third day or so. Um, And so that is, you know, that is like the number one tip is just like get it on a watering schedule, get that topsoil irrigation. So you're just watering the soil right where it needs it. No excess is being wasted. Um, And then also, you know, just the timing back to that. So uh, just generally, summer is the time for seeds, Right. So we grow all of our seeds in the summer, anything with a seed, cucumber, squash, okra, eggplant, tomatoes, okay. peppers, um, anything with a seed is the summer. Your shoulder season. So like fall and spring, that's when you're going to plant your roots. Um, so your root mm. crops. Um, so Louis beets. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. And then um, like your hearty leafy greens. So okay. like kale, spinach. Of, again Swiss chard that's a year-round one um, and then your winter time is all the rest of the leafy greens all your tender stuff like your lettuces and arugula um, and and then all your brassicas in the in the winter which is the family of broccoli cauliflower cabbage Brussels sprouts awesome. that's a winter crop um
0: what about the soil because? You're saying planting, mm-hmm. and, like, we've got that caliche and weird stuff in yep. our soil. Oh, yeah. So do we need to then add, like, that, the, what, the gold or
2: <laughs> the special, yeah. you know, that soils manures. that
0: they have there? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, I would definitely get a soil blend. Um, okay. you know
0: it, on top of, Mixing
2: yep, like in kind of thing. I would, you know, if you're going to grow, if you're going to cultivate produce, I would get, you know, a little raised bed, you know, a little raised box, fill it with good soil. Okay. So only Mm -hmm, because it's just, what happens is our soil is so hard that it creates, it's basically like if you're digging a hole in the soil and filling it with so with soil, if you're digging a hole in the dirt, I should say if it's a bad (laughs) word, but, and then filling it with soil, it's basically like a pot. Right, Because the roots can't really get through that right. really oh. thick dirt. So they're only going to get as wide as the hole that you made. Got so it. It. it's a
1: density problem then. Mm-hmm. So our
2: soil is very compact. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And so one thing I would say is, um, you know, get some worms. Like you can buy some red wigglers are really great. Um, but you can buy worms at the nursery. Throw them into the soil because they're decomposing. They're, they're, they eat you know all the stuff that's decomposing into the soil and they poop <laughs> and it's a, it's called castings you can even buy worm castings at the nursery it's so a great for soil which nursery lie. are you talking about <laughs> um what's that? any any nursery yeah star nursery has okay, them cool. um and so that helps break down all that hard stuff and they soften up the soil they loosen it up it's just a great idea to have worms in your garden all the time. They're amazing. It's like little mini composting systems. Awesome. Aside from that, trying to compost, you know, if you're cooking at home and you've got your pepper tops and your tomato scraps and, you know, even if you're like, oh, I, I eat everything. There's always going to be some things that you're throwing away. Put them into your composter. Yeah. Um, get a tumbling composter. They're really space efficient and they're... Um, they're just super easy to work with. And if you're incorporating your compost into your soil, you're one cutting down on waste, um, which that, you know, food is one of the main contributors to, um, our landfill, which is, I mean, creates so much carbon yeah, Yeah. it's terrible. So if you can just cut that out of your trash, you can, you'll be amazed of how much less trash you'll accumulate if you're composting. So my question always with
0: this and maybe you have an answer for this I get nervous about a compost pile because I live out there like in East Henderson uh-huh. and there's like all kinds of animals out yeah, there right so are there ways to protect that compost pile so I'm not attracting coyotes and uh-huh. all
2: kinds of things that's out there. why I recommend a compost tumbler yeah okay so that's and the so difference. that way it's it's like a barrel that's lifted off of the ground it's like on a stand and you spin it so it's a, an, an enclosed system. So they can't get to it. They no. can't. No. It's raised off the ground, and then you just, you add your compost in there. You keep it vegan, so you you don't ever put meat or dairy into okay. your compost. That's bad. Um, yeah. And then, so... Uh, and then you you spin it, you know you you add your dry stuff like your paper and things. You I'm get your ratio. Yeah, cool. And that's what I have at my house, and you don't have to worry about rodents and things getting to it if it's lifted off the ground. Exactly. My mom attracted a little
1: family of uh, yeah, you know,
2: Squirrels. yeah. If you have a pile, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. ew. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Or worse, right? yeah. <laughs> That's when I'm like, Rats. yeah, yeah. And it's Rats not fiber problem. <laughs> it's not viable uh, <laughs>
1: it's not, He's not wearing a little hat. It's not ratatouille. No. No. <laughs> no, they would they would eat um, her the roots off of their onions. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and Lads she
2: would terrible. be
1: she would be wondering why everything's dying, and then she pulls them out. There's no roots. Mm. You're like, okay. Very yeah. smart little things,
2: but yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, switching
0: gears to our segment on the fly. 60 seconds of rapid-fire questions, this time with our guest, Vanessa Portillo of Garden Farms. Are you ready to go, Vanessa? Yes. All right. <laughs> Your favorite veggie?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, oh, man. Strawberries? <laughs> <laughs> veggie. <laughs> Butternut squash. Coffee or tea? Coffee. The food you can't live without? Uh, Spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy cat lady or dog mom? Uh, Dog mom. Dessert craving? Um, Creme brulee. Guilty pleasure. Um, Ice cream. Best tool for your job? Um, A trowel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most inspirational person, oh, um, uh, Rosemary Gladstar. <laughs> She's an herbalist. Oh, that's Aww. so cute.
0: Uh, best Vegas outing,
2: um, oh my gosh, uh. Oh,
1: oh, gosh. <laughs> Doesn't it stress you out? I don't feel sorry. People get
0: stressed out. Um, are they, do you go to like Community Spring? Gardens. Yay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was going to ask you, too, since we didn't have time, favorite flower plant? Do you have a favorite?
2: Um, I love sunflowers. Me, too. Um, I love eggplants because they have these beautiful purple flowers. Um, yeah, I would say. Probably Edible eggplants. flowers are the best. So how well can we grow sunflowers here? Very well. Yeah. So
0: do you have to do it in a bed again, or can you do it in the dirt here?
2: Actually, sunflowers are pretty resilient, um, and you can actually, in that case, you could make a little hole, uh, mix some soil in with the, the native soil, and uh, plant your seeds. Interesting. Yeah, they're pretty hardy. I want to put them along my fence, like in between the houses. That would mm, be totally do it. pretty. Because
0: yeah. I have those fences that you can see through. Oh, no nice. like, other people's backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? They're pretty far apart. Yeah. That's why I'm out there, because I got some land. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it would be cute, like, a little yeah. sunflower
2: fence yeah. type thing. I mean, the deeper you can dig those holes, the better, the, the bigger they'll get. But, yeah, because um, I love those dream
0: ones in California where they're, yeah. like, super Yeah, I know. The, and... the
2: mammoth sunflowers are the ones that their mammoth? heads get, like, bigger Whoa. than the trees you here. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, they my do gosh. Really well. I just I think, want do we one. Do a picture? No. It's not, we, we like, our schools are covered with sunflowers all the time. I think we're like best friends now because we're like total nerds. Like when it comes (laughs) to plants, I'm just
0: like, really? Sunflowers? (laughs) They're so huge. Anyways, um, go ahead and sell it. We have a lot of ways to reach you and get social with you and that kind of thing. Like, tell us some ways.
2: Um, So we are at uh, www.gardenfarms.net. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Garden Farms Foundation and on Facebook, um, Garden Farms. Uh, We... You know, we do lots of programming beyond just growing the food in our schools and communities. Um, we do chef demonstrations. um so, and we're always looking for chefs. Um, and so you know, they basically come, we we'll take a look at the garden, see what they're growing, and they make a meal based on what's growing in the garden. So the kids see full circle how to grow and how to use the produce, um, and they get to taste it. Um, that's so awesome I can
0: think of so many people right now that would be interested in doing that so chefs out there you hear that if you're looking for like a little volunteer program to work for this would be a super awesome way uh, to give back to the Las Vegas uh, Clark County community Uh, there actually is one other question that I wanted to ask you about which is I know that you guys do like a free consultation to you know see whether you know you could help us build a garden or just ways to make your garden existing garden work better right?
2: yep Yep, definitely. Just give us a call. Um, we'll come out and just check out your space. If you're interested in either getting a garden bed built or uh, transferring, or um, you know, replacing your current landscaping area, turning that into a garden space, um, we can look at that and or talk about fruit trees. we will just look at your space and say what's the best available situation for a garden there. Um, give you a free estimate, and then or also we could just help you out with your garden. So. Perfect. That's yeah. so
1: awesome. So awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Vanessa yeah, and Jennifer of Garden Farms. Uh, you can reach them all the ways that they just told you and um, I think Louie and I are pretty stoked about getting involved with them in some way. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go yes. into a school and raise
1: some havoc.
2: <laughs> teach the radishes. radishes. I can not teach rack- how to grow, <laughs>
1: but I can teach how to cook. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like a mean salad. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
1: Sounds my specialty. <laughs> Love it.
0: So, Louie, how do they get at
1: us you can get us two sharp chefs on our instagram at two sharp chefs on our facebook at two sharp chefs and a microphone at our email address at two sharp chefs thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week